All right, welcome back to our second part of our series, The Message, uh, Chapter 7 Edition. Right, so we've been going through this a little bit. We've gone through 5 and 6, and now we're finally in 7. Um, and so if you guys haven't been following along, that's kind of what we've been doing over, we've been doing this periodically over a course of a year or so. Um, and so this week, we're going to be talking about Matthew 7, 7 through 11. So you guys can already go ahead and go to your Bibles. That's where we're going to spend a lot of time. Um, but what Jesus is mainly talking about here is prayer. And so I think that's kind of a scary thing for just American Christianity in general, is when we talk about prayer, right? So how many people, when someone says, hey, can someone pray for us? Who's usually the first person? Anyone's like, I'll always pray. Got a couple leader hands. As you can see, not a lot of hands went up. Um, oh, did your hand go up? That's so awesome. That's so great. I love that for you. Um, I remember, well, it's just because I remember when I was in high school, like, I was always like, no, nah, I can do the public speaking piece, but, like, prayers, like, those need words. Those need the right, correct words. And I just don't got those, you know? I can form sentences, but I can't, I can't put them together in some holy way that makes everyone just like, wow, what a good prayer. Um, and I think that's kind of how we view prayer, is that, like, it has to be, there's a mathematical equation to it. And that's what makes a good prayer. Um, but here, I'm here to say that I don't think that's the case. And so first, before we get into it, I want to talk about what is prayer and how do you pray and also just talk about the importance of prayer. Because one of the only things the disciples ever asked Jesus for is they asked Jesus, Jesus, how do I pray? Right? And then he gives him the prayer that we all know. You guys recite that? Our Father, who art in heaven, his name, his kingdom come, thy will be done, as heaven on his earth. Yeah, you guys got it, right? It kind of mumble, mumble your way through it. Kingdom, something about trespassing, right? Um, but what Jesus tells us here is he says, hey, when you pray, pray like this. And the first thing he says is to say, our Father, who is in heaven. And I think that's a good starting point. You know, sometimes when we're writing papers for school or you're writing anything in general, usually it's like, I just need to get that first sentence down. And once I get that, the rest of the, rest of the paragraph is pretty easy. And I think in prayer sometimes, if we can just have something that we go to, as you guys all know, mine is, dear Papa God, right? Dear Papa God. You know, it just gives me a good starting place. And then sometimes it's just, hey, well, I'm going to pray about you know, thank you for bringing me where I am. Thank you for this day in general. And I know that's like repetitive, but I am genuine about like, I am thankful for being here at Crave. I am thankful for having this Sunday. It could have been the worst Sunday. It could be rainy outside. Thank you for a beautiful day today, God. Because every day here on earth is a beautiful day to spend with my beautiful wife. Aw. She blushes over there. Um, and so... Prayer is important, and we need, to, we need to involve ourselves in prayer. And so, as we go to this, I want, you, I want to also preference it with, prayer isn't just something that's just, okay, well, we prayed. It's about building a relationship with God. Prayer is about building a relationship with God. And it's not like, I have spoken, or it's the force. Or it's not like you can rub your Bible like a genie lamp in some certain way and now your wishes are all fulfilled. Or you can flick a prayer into the wishing well and now, you know, 
Heal my ankle. I got practice this week. Grandma's not feeling okay. Flip it into the, into the well. Right? Like that's, God's not our pet. He doesn't do tricks for us. And I would say that if you are a Christian, then God isn't your servant. If you're a Christian, then you are God's servant, and you should be doing his will, not your own. And so I want to preface all of Matthew 7 with that whole statement, so I hope you guys memorized it as we get into it. All right, so the first thing that, we're gonna, that Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, we'll go ahead and put it up on the screen, is he tells us to keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find Keep on knocking, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He basically says the same thing twice. And usually when someone repeats something, it's out of importance. So if your teachers ever say the same thing twice, it's probably on the test. Right? So keep on asking. And so all three of these here are different ways to ask. All three of these are different ways to ask. Right? There you go. Ask. And so the first one is to ask. So um, when you're asking something, it's all about being in the proximity of somebody. So if I'm here in the room here with you guys at Crave, I can just ask you guys the questions that you guys need to give me the answers to. Or if I'm seeking my father and I'm saying, hey, dad, I need $20. Right? I need to go to the store. I'm out of gas money. Got to go get gas. Need $20. If I'm in the same room as my dad, then I can just go ask my dad, hey dad, can I have $20, right? We can just ask. But sometimes when we ask these questions, if I were to ask my dad for 20 bucks, I'm also having to swallow a little bit of pride in saying, I can't afford to go get gasoline. I can't afford $20, I gotta ask my dad. And so depending on what your relationship is, depends on how that's gonna go. And so the same thing goes with prayer. We need to go to our Father and ask Him for things. To ask Him. And sometimes that does mean, God, I need help with this. I am not self-sufficient. I am not good enough to do this. I can't do this on my own power. God, I need to swallow a little bit of my pride right now because I need your help with this. Sometimes that's hard. And asking for things in a humanly sense, we've kind of been burned by people. And so sometimes... We're afraid to ask because we're afraid to surrender control. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of someone telling us no. We're afraid of feeling indebted to somebody because we have to ask them a question. Or we hate to feel like a burden to be to somebody. I know one of the hardest things for me to do is to ask for help. I don't like to ask for help. I like to make sure that I know how to do everything. And if I don't, I can just look it up on YouTube. Why should I have to be a burden to you to ask you a question to do something when I can just figure it out myself? And I always put myself in the place of somebody at Lowe's or at Walmart, and if I'm stocking the shelves doing my job, I got my Air- AirPods in, and then I'm like, hey, man, do you know where this is? And it's just like, ugh. And I'm like, I never want to be that person. But hey, sometimes you just need to ask a question. Sometimes they can help you out. Never, never really wanted to be that guy that's like, hey, do you got more shoes in the back? Right? Never want to ask that question. I never want to feel like a burden to somebody. But when we talk about this in prayer, you're never going to feel like a burden to God to keep asking him for this. Nothing you say is going to be too big for God. So keep on asking. 
And sometimes we, we don't want to ask because we think we're not good enough. Reminds me of Moses. When God says, hey, go lead my people, Moses. And Moses says, hey, uh, I'm not really good with words. I can't really lead people. And what does God tell him? God says, I will be your tongue. I will lead these people. I just need you to be there for, and let me do it through you. So even when we ask God for things, I don't think anything is going to be too big. Nothing's going to be too much of a burden because God can make up for what we lack to further his kingdom. God will make up for the things that we lack in order to, in order to further his kingdom. Some other examples, think about David versus Goliath. We think it was like all David. No, the spirit was there. God was there. God made up for the strength, probably the accuracy that David lacked to be able to further his kingdom. Think about Gideon. Gideon never had the courage. He was basically a coward, yet we think of him as the courage guy. No, it was God who intervened and gave Gideon the courage to be able to lead his people. So whatever you're doing, God will make up for your abilities so that he can further your kingdom through you, right? That's what Paul's talking about when I can boast in my weaknesses. I can say I'm not very good with words, but I can get up on a stage and actually just talk. Or I'm not very good at making relationships with these people, but through God, I can be. God will make up for the things that we lack in order to further his kingdom. The next thing that Jesus tells us to do is to keep on seeking, to keep on seeking. Has anyone ever lost anything very precious to them? Maybe it was a ring, a very precious ring. It was about this big in gold, right? Um, so everyone's lost. So what's some, what was the thing you lost that was very precious? A watch? A watch? No, watches? What else? Saw some hands over here. Anyone want to say anything? A chain? A what? A stuffed animal that you had, which was born, very precious, a chain, a watch. Uh, so if you, when you lost your watch, when you lost your watch, um, did you just like check your room, check where you left it, and then you were like, well, it's gone forever. No. When you lost your chain, did you, you look everywhere for it? Still looking for his chain. See, never stopped seeking. When you lost your stuffed animal, Yeah. Your mom looked everywhere for this and tried to find even tried to find a replacement. Well, so when we look when we're looking for something, when we're seeking after something, it's not just oh, well I checked where I had it last. I'm never going to look for it again. No, we're going to look everywhere for it. We're going to turn the whole house upside down. And then we're going to ask our mom, "Hey mom, have you seen my pants?" And then she's going to be like, "They're right here." Why did you not see them? And you're just like, oh, wow, how did I never find that? Right? And so the same thing. When we're, when we're seeking for our dad, when we're looking for our dad, it's not like you're just going to go into his room, open the door, and just say, well, dad's not here. Guess I'm just can't have $20 to go get gas. No, you're going to check the garage. You're going to check his room. You're going to check the toilet. Like, dad, you pooping? Like, what's going on? I can't find you. Right? And so Jesus is saying to keep on seeking. He's not saying just to look around the corner or to open your Bible one time and to look for God. He's saying to keep on looking for him. 
to look as though you need to find him. As though it's something that we're looking for that we really want. So my question to you would be, what are you chasing after? What are you seeking? What are you consistently looking for? Is it good grades? Is it that boy or that girl at school? Is it sports? Is it your fantasy team? What is it that you are seeking after? Or is it Jesus? And then what I also would say is, do you seek after God because that's what Christians do? Because that's what the Bible says? That's a Sunday school answer? Or do you actually seek after God because without him, you would actually need him? I think there's a difference. I think there's a way that we can say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sundays, you know. I've, I've led prayers before, and Jacob's asked me to come up and sing on stage. But I think there's a difference between that and a difference between actually pursuing Christ. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying to keep asking me questions. Keep asking for things. Keep looking for me even when you can't find me. And the last thing he says is to keep knocking. To keep knocking. As you can see, all three of them spell ask. They're all different ways to ask. North Greenville is so proud of me. Right? To knock. And so, if I were to say, beyond this door, right next to Joe, there's a million dollars. And if you knock on this door, and so you get it to open, you can get that million dollars. Are you going to walk up to the door and just... No, you're, everyone's going to run to that door and start banging on it and saying, hey, let, let me be the first person into this door. Let me keep being the first person. Let me in. Let me in. That is to keep knocking. To keep knocking isn't just where you can't even hear it. To keep knocking is to keep pounding on this door. So even if we feel like we're outside of God's house, Jesus is saying to keep knocking. If he feels so distant that he's not around, He's saying to you, keep knocking on this door. This door will be opened. It reminds me of Matthew 13, 44, where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a hidden field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned and owned in order to get enough money to buy the field. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about here when he says to keep knocking. is to do it with such passion, to do it with so much energy, that we're giving it everything that we have, that we would sell everything so that we can find the treasure hidden behind that door. To keep searching, to keep asking, to keep knocking. And how do we do these things? How do we ask? How do we keep searching for God? How do we knock at God's door? We do this by persisting in prayer. Persisting in prayer. And this isn't just, hey, okay, well, I woke up this morning. What's up, God? Got some food. Thanks, God. Going to bed. Don't let me die in my sleep, God. We'll do this again. God wants you to ask him just questions. God wants to build this relationship with you. And he doesn't care where you are. He doesn't care if you're in the same room as him so you can ask him. He doesn't care if you have to look throughout the house and seek after him. He doesn't care if you're outside the house and you have to knock on the door for him. God wants you to keep asking, to keep searching, and to keep knocking. In Matthew 7, 8, where he says, For anyone 
who seeks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and for everyone who knocks at the door will be opened. That is a promise. And I think sometimes we don't look at this as a promise. We saw Matthew 7, and we saw, then we read Matthew 8, and we said, that was the same exact sentence. But I think what Jesus is here is he's making a promise for everyone who asks, receives, for everyone who seeks, find, everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. But sometimes I feel like we are too burned by other humans that we don't think God can hold this promise up. Right? Too many times we've ordered, ordered something from a restaurant. You're like, hey, I'll take the steak medium rare. And then it comes back well done. And you're like, what is this trash? Right? Or you order something from a fast food place and you're like, I'd take the spicy chicken sandwich. And then it ends up being a wrap. And you're like, this doesn't even come on the same bread. What is it? Right? Me and Kevin used to frequent this place. It was called Good Burger. Good Burger. It was a great, great restaurant. The owner, Ed, just knew so much about it. Ed was the greatest guy. He'd always say, hey, welcome to Good Burger. Can I take your order? It was great. And so I want to share a little bit of that with you. Um, but he's not very good at taking orders, as we will see. Very good. So if you guys ever go to Good Burger, don't expect your order to be correct. But we've all been burned like this. We've all asked for something, and then what we've gotten wasn't really what we expected. Or we asked for something, and then the answer was just no. And then we feel like we're let down because of this. And so I think sometimes in our prayers, we're tempted to also put these feelings onto God. We're tempted to say that our prayers don't matter because God has bigger things to care about right now. So that's one of our first temptations. Our temptation is to think that our prayers don't matter because God has bigger things to care about. And I think that's why Jesus, in the next section of Matthew 7, goes on to say this. He says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a snake? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not! So if you sinful people know how to give such good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to them who ask? I think what Jesus is here trying to tell everybody is God does care and nothing's too big. Just as much as when you guys would ask your parents for something that your parents are able to deliver on it. And as much as your parents want to, they might not be able to give you everything that's on your Christmas list, but I'm sure that they want to be able to give you everything that's on your Christmas list. And so that's what Jesus is saying here, is that Jesus is saying he does want to give you all of the good gifts, but he's God, so he can give you every good gift. James 1.17 even goes as far to say every generous act, or some versions say every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him there is no variation or shadow cast by churning. Every good gift comes from the Father. And he can give you those gifts, but we just have to keep asking for these gifts. In the same way that if someone were to come to you, if it was a child, some of you guys work at Axis or Swaxis right now, if one of them came to you and said, hey, can I have that bottle of hydrogen peroxide? You're obviously not going to give the child a bottle of hydrogen peroxide so that they can drink it. You'd say, no, but here, take this juice box or take this bottle of water or give you something else, or the answer is just no. In the same way, God wants to be able to give you good gifts, but just because it's what you ask for doesn't mean that's what you're going to receive. Does that make sense? Tracking with me, as Matt Chandler always says. 
And I think our second temptation is that we think that God does not answer our prayers. That God does not answer our prayers. Just as the bottle of hydrogen peroxide, the answer is going to be, no, you can't have that bottle of hydrogen peroxide. That's deadly. Sometimes we, th- we take that as, well, God just didn't answer my prayer. He just didn't give me anything. Nothing came up. Um, never saw a magical sign. Nothing got wrote in the sky. Right? The answer was, I guess, I don't know, just nothing happened of it. And I think sometimes we got to think, hey, sometimes the answer is no. And that no matter how we feel, God is real. Those are bars. You can go ahead and write them down. But we can't have circumstantial faith. We can't say, well, God, this, I asked for this thing, and then it didn't happen, and so I guess, you know, you're just not there. But, and then the next day, oh, every light was green when I was going down Wade Hampton, and I was early for school. God's so great. We can't have circumstantial faith. As James just said, God never changes. The same God as the Old Testament, the same God the New Testament, the same God that Jesus prayed to, the same God of now. It's never changed. And so, as we're praying through things, as we're being persistent in our prayers, sometimes God is distant. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes things just need to happen. Think about Joseph in the well, being sold into slavery, then in the prison, then becoming the savior of a future nation. Think about if someone were to save him out of that well. That never would have happened. Or think about if Joseph was just like, God, when I was in this well, you just never saved me. God, when I was in slavery, you never saved me. God, when I was in prison, you never saved me. I guess I just give up. Sometimes God is always working in the backgrounds. Sometimes God is already there. So even when we think that he might be distant from us, know that God's always near. So why did the disciples ask Jesus how to pray? It's because I think that they realized over the three and a half years of ministry that prayer was the most powerful thing. And it was the most important thing that Jesus did because when Jesus healed people, it was through the power of prayer. Whenever Jesus gave a great teaching like the Sermon on the Mount, it was through the power of prayer. Whenever he was navigating situations using wisdom, it was through the power of prayer. So I want to leave you guys with this last thing that you guys can write down. Much prayer much power. Little prayer, little power. And I'll say that prayer is probably one of, the, one of my weakest areas in my walk. Sometimes I forget to pray. Sometimes I don't think about praying. Just go on throughout my day, go to lay down at night, and I'm just like, whoa, it's been a long time, God. What's up? You know? But I think having that relationship with God, just like you can go to a friend and you're just like, hey, haven't talked in a while. Sorry, man. What's up? Your relationship doesn't go away. But God's there for you just like the prodigal son story. He's waiting for you to come back to him. So as we go into this time of worship, just start praying. Maybe you haven't prayed in a while. Maybe you just finished prayer just before you came here. But just have a conversation with God. Talk to him. God, what do I need to hear from you right now? God, what's going on? God, how can I come to you? How can I seek? How can I find? How can I knock at your door? The dear Papa God, Thank you for this time. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you just for giving us the Holy Spirit to be here with us so that we can pray to you. 
God, I thank you for your relationships. And God, I just lift up everybody here just as we go into this moment of just worship and prayer. That you would speak to us. We would listen. We would be quick to hear. And God, that we would just keep asking you for the good gifts that you were willing to give us. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, through the Holy Spirit. Amen.